welcome back to another episode of Exposing Ourselves. I'm Travis Ritchie, and this is episode 19. This is the show where we expose each other to new things. Matt is a big music fan, and he'll assign me one of his favorite albums or playlists to listen to each week. And I, a movie buff, will give him one of my favorite films, and we come together on this very podcast to discuss it all. And with me, as always, is my very good friend, Matt Runquist. Hey, Travis. This week, I watched The Power of the Dog, and you listened to Betty Davis. Yes, I sure did, and you did. All right, well, uh, before we get into that discussion, uh, how are you? I'm pretty good. I had a dream. You want to... About me? Yes. Well, you were in it. I don't know that it was oh, okay. about you, but okay. no, that's you were in it. So you... I bet you think this dream is about, about you. <laughs> yeah. You, me, and my wife, we're all going to Aruba for some reason. Not clear in the dream. Dream logic. We were all going yeah. to Aruba. And Does there have to be a reason? On the flight, on the way there, I realized I didn't have my passport. You didn't have your passport. And <laughs> you do need your passport to get into Aruba. So we got to the uh, the immigration office, and they were like, uh, there was a, a U.S. official there who was like, okay, well, I'll let you into the country as long as you've paid all of your fines to the United States government. And I had like... I barely had any fines, and so I like, you know, cut him a check and and was ready to go into the country. But Did I you, have fines? you had sixty seven thousand dollars worth of fines, <laughs> and that, no. So this is the this is the meat of the dream here. Okay, so the best part is is the the guy was like, well. I guess you're not going to be able to get into the country. And you said, oh, I'm no, I've got my checkbook right here. I'll just write a check for $67,000, right? And it was very clear and very obvious that you were kiting the check. Everybody, like the guy knew you were kiting the check. I knew you were kiting the check. You knew you were kiting the check. But for some reason, like the rules were he had to accept the check. Uh, but then you would never be allowed into the country again until you paid your fines, right? And so there was lots of winking and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, I guess you're never going to get to come back to Aruba again. And we said, well, you never know. We've got a podcast. <laughs> so we might be able to make the $67,000. Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. That was... That's a... And then I woke up. So that's a great dream, and that's a lot of detail for there was, a, it, a dream it is, like that. It was far more detailed than most. Most of my dreams are are images and and emotions and that sort of thing. So that was a very very detailed dream, and I remembered it after I woke up, which is wow. very unusual. But uh, Matt, I, yeah, I'm so it, flattered to be in your dream, and that we're apparently going to make sixty seven thousand dollars off the podcast. Well, there we go. Here's something I haven't I haven't dreamt about you since college. So, uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could have just left that out. I it was kind of assumed. You didn't have to say it out loud. <laughs> uh, the, well, that's fantastic. Uh, did I ever tell you about the um, the po the the passport story uh, with me and my ex boyfriend? No. Uh, so my ex got a job as a singer on a cruise ship. And uh, he was away for nine months. And in the middle of that, I went to visit him. And we were, I flew to New Orleans and I was flying home from New Orleans. And uh, he was arranging everything. And I had never been on a cruise before. So I thought that we were just fine to go to New Orleans. And, uh, and so I flew to New Orleans and I, I did a, a couch surf um, for the evening before we were to meet up. And then I met him in the morning and we were walking around New Orleans enjoying, you know, things and talking and reuniting and uh, just being, you know, being boyfriends in love. And at one point he goes, um, he was talking about his mom and how she wasn't going to visit him on the cruise ship and said, uh, yeah, and she doesn't want to get a passport or anything. And I said, you need a passport? <laughs> and he stops and he looks at me sure that I was joking and I was I was in the dark because I didn't know uh, honestly I didn't realize because the ship was going from New Orleans back to New Orleans and I had no reason to believe that we would ever need a passport for that and but we were getting off at one point in the Bahamas which is not <laughs> the United States no it's not the and United so, States yeah yeah, and so he almost broke up with me in that oh moment. My. He oh was my. so angry at me. And uh, but I 
uh, I knew that I had a passport and I knew where it was. And so I called my old roommate back in LA You're kidding. to go to my apartment, break into my apartment, because I told him how to do it at the time. <laughs> and there was a way you can do it. And I, uh, and I made him uh, go into my uh, office, find my passport, scan it for me. Mm-hmm. And then luckily they accepted that as uh, as a version of my passport. Wow, that's yeah. incredible. I mean, yeah. you, he was you furious saved, about it though. You saved your relationship temporarily. Well, and to my and to my in my defense, I never thought that it was my responsibility to know that I needed a passport. Like yeah. I figured that he was the cruise ship professional. He should have told me that uh, that that's what I needed. Oh, by the way, so I, I please bring your travel day. documentation. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but, uh, wow, that's great. Anything else interesting happened this week? Uh, well, uh, my wife got scheduled for a couple more tests next week. So uh, hopefully we'll have some answers about uh, which particular rare condition she has. Both mm-hmm. of the ones that are possibilities right now require a surgery. And uh, it's two actually totally different surgeries, even though the symptom constellation is very similar between them uh so uh hopefully we'll we'll find out and she'll get the surgery and we'll be on the path to recovery in a couple of months maybe i hope so i hope so um well nothing uh nothing negative here this week i uh, the oh i had that callback for the sketch program at ucb which i thought went very well i think i did very well the only thing is that there were um while i was in the waiting room there were a couple of uh laughters from inside that you could hear Mm -hmm. and i didn't get that kind of laughter from my audition so i'm i'm i think that's a bad thing but everything that i think i should have done i did and i thought it went smoothly and i I thought i had a great time so that was that was pretty good i i also went to uh, this we were doing construction uh, we they someone was doing construction on Mm -hmm. the balcony outside my front door of my apartment and so they sent us an email on uh friday saying that on saturday we wouldn't be able to come or go from our apartment between the hours of 10 and like 3 p.m Okay. And so if you wanted you if you wanted to be out, you had it, to get out before that. So and I had time. a yeah, and I had an arrangement to go on a date uh with someone downtown at three. Uh, oh, so no. I had to <laughs> I had to leave. So I packed up everything. I woke up decently early and I packed up everything and I went, but I was like, I don't know, I, I don't want to go there now because it's way too early. So I decided to go to the animal shelter. Oh, and nice. uh, and just check out some puppies and see if there yeah. was anyone that uh, uh, that struck my fancy that I matched with. And they opened at 11, so I didn't realize that. And so I had to wait in line. And there was a line, which also I didn't realize was a thing. Okay. But while I was waiting in line, this woman came up and said um, – uh, and she was towing like one of those uh, ca- puppy carts that you tow behind a bike. Okay. And I've been looking into getting it, getting one of those. Sure. And she was like, uh, she was like, oh, um, uh, where where's the donation location? Where do you go? For? And I was like, N- I didn't kind of clock what she was talking about until she walked away and then went to the door and it was locked. But she was coming back, and I was like, oh, she wants to donate that mm-hmm. to the shelter. And uh, and so I said, uh, she had just lost her dog. Uh, it was a Aww. pretty brand new thing. We were all first. We were all very like sad for her. And then I said, you wouldn't. Would you by any chance want to donate that to me? Because I <laughs> only have a bike, and I'm. I've been wondering how I'm going to get around with a puppy when I when I adopt one. And she's like, yeah, sure. So I got this oh, little nice. Cart. And they're not Very cheap. Cool. The one I was looking at online was like four hundred dollars. Oh, I don't my. think this one is maybe that expensive, but it's it's pretty nice. Yeah. So um, right. Very yeah, cool. Little, yeah. So preparing for the dog. Uh, but and no then puppy the date yet. was actually no puppy yet. No. Okay. Uh, um I met a puppy there that was actually really cute. Uh her name was Cece, which uh I I, I assumed her full name was Cece Blooms, which is a great gay name because it's Bette Midler's character from Beaches. Uh but uh uh, she was a little too big, Cece was. So uh, okay. I I don't think I'm going to bring her home. Okay. Um, the date went great, which is Good. the first time I've gone on a date. And it was not originally going to be a date since the guy was just visiting. but uh, And we really just wanted to kind of like find a place to do things that are inappropriate to talk about on a podcast. Sure. But it ended up being a very PG-13 
<laughs> strolling around uh, downtown LA, uh, well, making lovely. out what we could. Yeah, it was cute. And then today I actually went on a, another date with someone else who is not visiting. He lives here, so that's even better. And we went on a hiking date. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Which was fantastic. Yeah. So, so cool. yeah, pretty. I'm, I'm glowing, I think. Well, you I do know. appear to have like I a glow. I wish I wish people could see it, but we can hear it in your voice. Aww, so what do you what nice. do you say we uh, get into it? Let's change get things up meat. a little and Talking do about the meat of the dream. And here's let's, the meat of the episode. Here's the meat of the Can episode. Shake it up. Uh, let's shake it up. Let's do the music first, and I'll tell okay. you. Okay. I'll tell you why. Tell me why, Matt. I would like to maybe apologize a little bit. Um, oh, I have a yeah? sneaking suspicion you did not like this and i hadn't listened to it in a while um and so i i refreshed myself on this because i remembered liking the album quite a bit and i do like the album quite a bit but when i was listening to it this time i listened to it with the ear of the things that you've told me that you like um and i would say about the only thing about this music that you've told me that you would like that this music has <laughs> is that the lyrics are reasonably understandable. Pretty okay. much everything else are things that you probably don't like. And uh, so well, tell me anyways, what you like, Matt, tell me what well, you like about I'm, I'm gonna uh, tell Betty you, Davis. I, I'm going to tell our listeners about the album. This is the debut yes. album from Betty Davis, who was a young uh, model uh, musician, uh, various other things. Uh, she was married to Miles Davis briefly, hence the last name. And uh, she wrote that. and arranged all of the music on this album. Very, very talented woman. But it is funk. And it is early 70s, dirty, gritty funk music. Uh, and uh, I enjoy it. I like it. I don't find it as repetitive as a lot of, a lot of funk music can be very, very groove-oriented and very, very repetitive, and I think this is a little breaks out of that a little bit. Um, I like it because it's different from a lot of things that are out there in a way that I find really refreshing. But I do think I do think you you probably did not love it. Okay, well, I will tell you first what I did like about it. Okay, and um, I, I think that uh, a couple of the things. First of all, it's clear that she has a a, a great voice. Um, when she uses it, it I did like. This is an album that came out before heavy electronic uh, music, so uh, as far as synthesizers and whatnot goes. So you get, uh, other than the electric guitar, which there is a lot of, you get real drums, real piano, real instruments, which are uh, really nice to listen to uh, when you get it. You're absolutely right; it's not terribly repetitive. There are um, it, it, each song kind of has a distinct vibe although for the for people who like kind of a funk and or a bluesy funk kind of sound i think this is going to re really appeal to people uh there was also a song called game is my middle name which yeah. <laughs> not only as a title is amazing but also i love the 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 story kind of of the song and the lyrics are 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 pretty cool um so yeah that is about <laughs> I'm going to say you're right it was I I wanted to like this more uh than I did unfortunately it's kind of painful to listen to like physically painful and what I mean by that is uh and this is maybe by way of a, a, a leading to a recommendation for our listeners is uh definitely check this out but do not listen to it with headphones because, uh, and I don't know if you usually do or if you have it on in the background or what, but I listen to all of our music with headphones, almost always. And uh, Betty has ultra vocal fry. Oh. So for those that don't know what vocal fry is, it's what you hear when, especially a lot of modern pop songs, it's, it's big when, um, so when, um, when Britney Spears goes, oh, baby, baby. How was I? So that kind of like, ah, that sound, mm -hmm. that's vocal fry. Instead of saying, oh, baby, baby, how was I? So, you know, mm -hmm. um, and Betty Davis is like, ah, 
I can't even replicate it. Her vocal fry is <laughs> is off the scale. I've never heard anything like it, and it almost uh, it, it 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 veers into. Um, Oh, I don't even want to. I don't know if it's. It sounds almost like yelling, or it, it reminded me a lot of um, Janis Joplin, the way she sings, like what she does with her voice. And I also, I think there are a lot of uh, influences from this time period. So you you can hear a lot of Janis Janis Joplin. You can hear a lot of uh, Jimi Hendrix and the guitar work. You can hear a lot of it's. It's very of its time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and unfortunately, even. Even game is my middle name. At by the end of the song, I had to stop listening to it because it oh, was wow. it was hurting my ears. Yeah. I was enjoying the beginning of it, but then it gets yeah. into this really hard driving um, loudness that was uh, that was unpleasant for me. Yeah. So um, I I did force myself to listen to it twice. Wow. Kind of. I didn't want to. Yeah, honestly, yeah. but I, I I wanted to give it its due yeah. and uh, and just make sure that I wasn't just in a mood or something. Yeah, um, no. But uh, I, and I I will say that the that the vocals is what I picked up on as what you were what I thought you were going to have a problem with because yeah. she's very guttural. Um, very. It's very it's very visceral in your face vocals very and yeah a lot of vocal fry but also just a lot of like grunting and moaning and just like things that are just vocalizations that are not really singing right right yeah. and i i i suspected that that was not going to be your favorite and i'll be honest it's not my favorite thing on the album either like i really like sort of the upbeat tempos and the the instrumentation mm-hmm. and her lyrics are really fantastic when she's singing yeah. them, you know. Uh, but yeah, that that is it's a big hill to climb, and I don't listen to it on headphones. I do. I have you know a pre- decent sound producing devices in my house, and I generally right. use those rather than. And the when headphones. I got home from uh, my lat my latest bike ride, I did uh, listen to it a little bit just on speakerphone, mm-hmm. um, and it was uh, it was less troublesome uh, to the point where it was almost enjoyable for me so i can see how like if i had gotten used to it that way mm-hmm. then i might be and it was only like half a song that i listened to it that way but i can see how that would be more pleasant for sure and yeah. so i i, I want to give it its due and recognize the the talent of this artist for sure and uh but it's just not something that i enjoyed listening to yeah i think there's a there's actually a pretty a pretty broader base point here that you know headphones are all very well and good but like modern modern earbuds especially are more about convenience than they are about like sound replication and that's Hmm. not that's not a bad thing right it's amazing that you can go on a hike and have whatever you want to listen to in your ears right but when you're trying to listen to something for the enjoyment of the thing rather than having it in the background uh, it really does suffer. You know, I, I obviously I've spent a lot of time in the music production weeds lately, and there's a lot that goes on that people are really paying attention to that just totally gets lost when you're listening to a highly compressed or, or downscaled, uh, you know, recording that's then put through you know drivers that are millimeters in size, right? Yeah, yeah. Like the, well, and you know, it's you. you until you just said that, it didn't even occur to me. Uh, headphones, like consumer headphones, probably didn't really exist much back then in the seventies and sixties. So people people would listen to. So I've got what are called cans. Cans, on. yeah, yeah, and that they're over the your ear. over the ear, surround the ear, and uh, generally provide pretty good fidelity. Um, you know, but that's all there was. There certainly wasn't anything that went into the ear canal or. But I don't like imagine that. that it was common. Like it, I don't think they were common. It was common for people to wear headphones until the Walkman, right? No, people would wear them in their house. Um, especially, it was just a way to be able to listen to music without, uh, you know, blowing up the the speakers or whatever. You know, like obviously oh, your okay. your housemates or whatever would complain about, you know the the sound and it was a way to okay. listen to music in private or you know comedy albums that had blue words on them or mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that's all right of thing. 
Yeah, I guess that makes that makes some sense, but uh, certainly less ubiquitous than they are now. Yeah. Uh, now so. everybody has headphones. So. Um, well, I don't uh, want to belabor good, the note. point at all. I don't want to belabor the point at all. Uh, tell me, wh- what would you what would you rate this? I mean, I'm gonna give it for my personal for my personal review. This is just my my take. Uh, I'm gonna give it probably a um, a three in recognition of uh, of the of the definite talent that is that is present, but also I probably won't listen to this again. Yeah, that 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 makes sense. Uh, I will give this this album. I would give a seven. I like it a lot. Uh, the vocals, yeah, the, you know, I I even had a tough time getting through some of the songs. So you know, I I would give it a higher rating if the vocals were less like uh, in your face. But uh, but they are what they are. So yeah, that's a seven from me. Not bad, not bad. Um, all right, well, moving on to the uh, the movie of the week. The movie I assigned you was uh, The Power of the Dog, which came out just a couple years ago. It was a uh, 2021 uh, movie starring uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. It had Kristen Dunst in it and Jesse Plemons. Uh, also, Cody Smith-McPhee, who is a young actor who um, was, I mean, to me, best known before this as playing the young Nightcrawler in the X-Men movies. Uh, but um, it was it was a... Uh, directed by Jane Campion, which is an interesting, um, interesting thing. She has become quite a name in the, uh, in, especially as a as a notable female director. But it was based on a book by Thomas Savage called *The Power of the Dog*, and it's set in uh, in nineteen. 19- 20s i think montana it's a farm it's an interesting character piece and the the it was nominated for an academy award i do not think it won um and it didn't make a lot of money weirdly enough but um especially given the cast and how much attention it was getting but it was um i i like it because it was it's beautifully shot it's a movie that generally has to be very careful about being too self-indulgent and too long but one of the things i appreciated even as i was watching it was that it moved along pretty swiftly like the i didn't i never felt that it was lingering too much on a shot or on a scene without having having it mean something and I, the other thing I liked about it is that, um, and, and we are going to have some spoilers plot-wise, so if you haven't seen it yet and want to, um, this is your warning, but the end of the movie gives the audience some credit because it doesn't, I don't think, uh, hand-feed you the information that you need to know to know what happened. It's definitive. It's not. It's not, I don't think, unclear what happened, if you think about it, but it doesn't, like... I don't know. It gives you. It just. It treats you like an intelligent viewer, which I really appreciate. So, um, yeah, not usually my cup of tea. This type of movie, to be honest, but I really appreciated this one. All right. Well, um, so we're starting with things that we'd liked, and yep. I, I, um, I really liked when we're introduced to the character, uh, Kristen Dunst's character, uh, the way that. Uh, it's clear that her business is very dependent on these cattle drives and the and the cowhands, and so when they see the like the dust coming up over the horizon, they like leap into action and start you know killing chickens and getting ready for for these people, and then uh, you, you know it. So I really liked that sort of um, uh, just that characterization, I guess. Um, I struggle to come up with other things that I liked about this movie. Really? Yeah. No, nothing at all, huh? Not even the cinematography or the acting or anything? No, I've been to Montana, and Montana is beautiful. Uh, Montana is gorgeous. This movie is, like, it makes Montana look, like, depressing and dark and ugly. Huh. I I was... I was kind of peeved at the end. I was like, that's not what Montana Montana looks like. Montana's beautiful. Like, what is this? So actually, so here's a, here's a general point uh, that I think 
I think we've gone too far with like the color the color scheme thing in movies now. Like this movie is almost sepia toned most of the movie for no apparent reason. Like it's a bit desaturated, huh? It's super desaturated and it like like Montana looks like the same color as a cow, which is fine as far as it goes, but isn't what Montana looks like. And hmm. um and I was I wonder if part of that was the uh the fact that it was set, you know, in in cowboy times and it was trying right. to like Right. Except you know... except here's the thing, right? It's not cowboy times. Like 1924, and this is part of the story, right? Is that 1924 is very very late to be doing cattle drives and to be running a ranch in the way that they're running it. Like we're about mm-hmm. to all, we're about to get pickup trucks, you know. Um and so there is a little bit of uh, conflict or or just, yeah, I, I would say conflict with like the locals who are, you know, starting to drive cars, cars, <laughs> starting to drive cows around, starting to drive cars around. And, you know, women are dancing and being, you know, public about their, you know, selves, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we exist, <laughs> that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the timing I think is very like, it's a very specific time, right? This is not 1884 anymore. You know, the, the amount of open range land that was left in the West is very small at this point. You know, cattle drives are for a very specific purpose. Uh, I was on Reddit recently and there was a thing about this. So I know like they're, they're about getting the cattle to the railhead where the, you know, where the railroad stops and that's where all the slaughterhouses are and everything like that, you know? Um, but fences started crisscrossing the West. And so you couldn't really, you couldn't really drive cattle the, the way that they used to do, you know, by the time of this movie. And, and I think, I mean, that's one of the, con- so there's multiple conflicts with Benedict Cumberbatch's character. And one of them is just that the way of life that he has known for the last 25 years is really dying, you know? Um, so there's that. Um, yeah. Well, I think that's an interesting, it's kind of an interesting thing, like as a, as a, as an allegory or a way to, uh, I don't know, illustration of this changing of time, right? Mm-hmm. When, when you know, you see everybody is riding horses and, and these, it's these two brothers uh, that are owning this ranch, Phil and George, and Phil was educated at like Harvard or something like, mm-hmm. or, or or Yale or something like that. He's a smart guy, but he decides to come back and run this farm to such a such an old fashioned degree where he doesn't bathe almost ever. He uh, you know he's just he 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 really lives out in the dirt and the grime and and he's he's hand making ropes uh, for the for use on the farm and stuff like that. He doesn't. They have cow hides that they use, uh, but they don't they don't use them or sell them. For some reason, he uh, instead of selling rather than selling them to the to the Native Americans, he burns the cow hides, and that's it. Just but the whole thing is actually not his story. The whole thing is actually the kid's story. So Thomas Savage, the guy who wrote the book, was the young gay or queer like kid who was a little bit uh, who was not assaulted but 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 tormented i guess by this older cowboy character and uh, there are things about that that are uh that i think are very interesting but i'm not sure that i loved so the interesting thing about this movie it was it was nominated for 12 academy awards are you kidding is that a joke no, it's not. Wow. 12 Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Director. It only won Best Director okay. for Jane Campion and won nothing else, uh, which is the first time that's happened since The Graduate, apparently. And so uh, it's, it's, it's notable for that. And, and I don't think that's wrong. I think that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's performance is interesting but not nearly as severe as it maybe should have been. And uh, Kristen Dunst's performance is, is interesting, but 
I didn't really feel that her, I, I didn't feel why her character became an alcoholic or was so nervous with yeah, things. I, I, I want to get into this a little bit. Part of yeah. my problem with this movie is I'm okay that... to be critical about this movie, by the way. Okay. Part of my problem with this movie is that I could never get a handle on what the story was until it was over, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's yeah. like part of the way that you, you know, part of watching a film is expectations, right? It's like, oh, I'm watching, you know, I'm watching a superhero movie, so it's going to have this shape, or I'm watching a mystery, so it's going to have this shape. And like, there are no clues in the movie at all about what kind of movie it is. Like, you don't even know who you're supposed to be paying attention to for significant chunks of the movie. Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I thought Jesse... Clemens? Clemens? I don't know. Clemens, I, yeah. I thought his character was going to be a pretty significant part of the movie, and then he just disappears for like an hour. Well, 45 minutes, oh. right? But like, I it was it was bizarre to me, and I couldn't figure out, yeah, I, I why was Kirsten Dunst's character an alcoholic all of a sudden? Why was um, Phil suddenly nice to the kid? Why... Why a lot of things? Um, well, uh, but I think those become cl- the, at least that last one becomes clear. The most interesting relationship is the the relationship between Phil and other people, like Phil and his brother, and Phil and uh, the kid whose name is don't remember what his name is. Um, That's all right. He's the only child in the movie. So. Peter. Peter. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah. But what's what? I kind of I'll agree with you that most of the time I don't like what you're talking about that kind of uh experience of not knowing what's going on but I think in this case once the movie ended and it all became clear it was almost like a it was almost like a flower opening up for me and uh and kind of waiting to see what was inside and then once you saw it from kind of once you got finished with the opening then it was clear what it was and uh, in retrospect, everything kind of like became it gave meaning to everything you've seen. But also, I didn't find it so annoying as to hurt the viewing experience, which is a uh, it sounds like that's what you're dealing with. And also something that I have had on other movies, which um, so I enjoyed the viewing experience. And then at the end, when it became clear what the real plot was, which was which was Phil's kind of Phil's original relationship with that with the cowboy that trained him who was uh who who probably was inappropriate with him sexually and then him uh kind of tormenting Peter and then you know his turn was him basically grooming Peter yeah right and yeah. uh and then Peter being a stronger character than maybe Phil was when he was young uh, kind of taking his own uh, defense into his own hands and uh, and dispatching with his tormentor. Now, the problem was that Peter uh, Phil didn't seem particularly tormenting. Like, yeah. it seemed early on that his teasing and his 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 meanness was fairly appropriate for the time. Or, or at least not appropriate, but normal for the time. Well, and it was certainly going in all directions, too. It's not like yeah. Phil was singling Peter out as the exactly. one person he was being a dick to. He was right. a dick was, to everybody dick all to the everybody. time. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly, yeah. And I think that was, if if, if there was something that had shown that Peter was um, of, of, of particular interest, other than the part where Phil became nice to him, yeah. then it might have been uh, it might have been more more powerful yeah. yeah yeah i i um i didn't so i think because peter I, at this point peter comes off a bit of his, his peter kills uh phil through the cunning use of anthrax yeah and uh and at this point at the end of the movie peter kind of seems like the psycho yeah yeah that's that's fair um yeah, I, I I guess I don't really have a whole lot more to say about that in particular. I just I I found it a frustrating watch because 
you know, so you say things do happen and, and they do, right? Like every every scene has, you know, like a point, right? But it's a very slowly paced movie. And because you spend so much of it, or at least I spent so much of it wondering what the heck was going on, um, I, you know, I, I just, I couldn't really latch on to anything that I loved about it. Also, I think, I think I don't like Benedict Cumberbatch. That's, this Hmm. is the movie that made me realize I don't like his acting. I think he's, he seems lovely when he's, you know, on with Graham Norton or whatever, but, um, but I don't. I I didn't so I was not a Sherlock fan. Um really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my my ex was super into into that show and so I've seen a fair bit of it and I did not find that a charming or or interesting take on the character at all. This sort of like almost autistic Sherlock Holmes uh was not that was that was not it okay. for me. That's um, fair. And then I, I don't think I've seen Doctor Strange. If I have, I've. It's been like you know, I was staring at my phone while somebody was watching it in the room. But, and I don't know that I've seen him in in anything else. Yeah, Doctor um, Strange so, is an interesting one too because he's basically a Tony Stark character, but less redeeming. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, in this movie, he's a total, total jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, but also. I did not find his acting at all convincing. There's times yeah. when he's just sort of yelling lines uh, mm-hmm. and like like sort of barking them out. It's almost like somebody's giving him like bad line readings from off camera. I there there was part of me that was like, was this movie directed by George Lucas? Because we know George Lucas can take any great actor and turn them into like a stilted, terrible uh, performance, right? And I I yeah. was. I was kind of getting that from him in this, and I was very confused because, like, didn't this get a Best Actor nomination? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I I did not get that out of it at all, right? I thought it was That's really really interesting. Yeah. So, and I'm not. I don't disagree with you uh, on that. Like, I also I also didn't love his performance in this. I didn't I didn't buy his accent or, yeah. or lack thereof. Yeah. And um and you're right he plays he plays a lot of a lot of asshole. Even even I loved Sherlock. Yeah. Uh, but but Sherlock was an asshole. The only thing I can think of where maybe he wasn't a, a, an asshole is uh is Imitation Game, which was um where he played Alan Turing, which was a fairly interesting performance. Um and I guess Wait a I minute, is seen... is Benedict Cumberbatch gay? No. Oh, okay. Not that I know of. I don't. think Sorry, so. you said he played Alan Turing and this yes. role, and so I was like, yes. Okay. Well, yes. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I'm not super into his performance in, um, in this one, either. So. Okay. But uh, yeah, otherwise, I, I, I didn't. I, I enjoyed the experience of watching mm-hmm. it a little more than you did. But mm-hmm. perhaps um, I, I don't fault you for not. Uh, okay. At all. Yeah, okay. I, I totally get it. And I just wanted to, uh, I, I, I thought you might, I didn't know, I, I'm still kind of trying to peg down what you, yeah. uh, what it is that you like. Yeah, So well, that's totally fair. I mean, I'm not mad at you for having me watch this movie. Uh, I just, it did not, it didn't really, like, sometimes with a movie like this, I'll be like, oh, it's so beautiful, right? But this one is, at least I thought it was pretty ugly or you know, oh, there's this character that I want to root for, but there, there's none of these characters that I want to root for. And, you know, uh, so it, it was a tough watch for me, for sure. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did think that um, I did think that it was well filmed, at least. And I really enjoyed I enjoyed the direction. I enjoyed many of the uh, like many of the camera. A lot of the camera work I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really great shot of, uh, Cody Smith McPhee showing up at a camp site and, uh, kind of, it's a, it's a tracking shot of him just walking through the camp as everyone's like whistling and hollering at him because, you know, making fun of his, um, he's kind of fey, he's kind of like a little bit feminine and, um, and he just is very strong, like he doesn't seem to be listening to any of it as he walks over and kind of looks up at a, at a cool bird up in a tree and then turns around and walks back. And it's just a, <laughs> I just, it's a cool shot. I liked it. Uh, so um, the movie that beat it out, by the way, is uh, 
Oh, you know what? I think the movie that beat it out is probably going to be our uh, our choice for our next episode because I haven't seen it yet. Oh, exciting! Maybe. Well, let's let's go ahead and rate this. Let's rate this. What do you think? <sighs> I gotta give this a two. I I could two. I I had I tried so hard to think of things that I liked about it. And I okay. I it was uh, it wasn't. It wasn't as long as it could have been. Yeah, it, it didn't you know? feel it didn't feel painfully long. To yeah, me. like sometimes um, with a movie like this, they're like, "Let's make it three hours. Why not?" Right? Right. They, they didn't yes. do that here, so I right. appreciate that. Yeah, uh, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, I fine. That's uh, that's a fair rating uh, given what you've said. I think I'm gonna go a little bit higher. I'm gonna give it a fair a middle of the road kind of um, five. I think. Because really? there are things that I do really like about it, mm-hmm. and especially uh, at the end of the movie, I really like that yeah, it's it's hard for a movie to give you that much information that subtly, mm-hmm. and I think it did it very well. And so um, you had to pay attention in order to understand the ending, I think, and and get a lot of there's there's. There's subtext and there's between the lines, but there's not um, there's not a lot of I don't know. It's it doesn't make assumptions, right? It doesn't it doesn't say did he do it? We don't know. You decide. There was none yeah. of that, which I hate. Yeah, me generally. too. Right? That was why I hated the. Oh God, what was that? Was that uh, Inception that did that? Oh or, yeah, yeah, Inception. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. I was I was uh. like, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> right, right, right. So uh, for that reason, I, I I think this was pretty good. I, I'm this will be my second time through watching it. I don't think I'll probably watch it again. That's fair. Either. So I think a five is a pretty good, uh, pretty fair rating from me. (laughs) All right. All right. Low ratings for this week's episode. Yeah, it's sort of the opposite of last week. But I got to admit, it was still still a good conversation, which I'm I'm happy about because I was a little worried. I was a little worried. We're not universe. We do have range. We're not universe. (laughs) We're not like fanboys. We're just going to love everything. Yeah. And that's important. Yeah. That's important. Um. I will say, I will say, one thing, one perspective of this movie is that I would, in a second, work with anybody in it. I would yeah. love to work with Jane Campion. I'd love to work with Benedict Cumberbatch. I'd love to work with Cody Smith-McPhee or Jesse have Plemons. You, or have God, you? Oh wait, watched... wait, real quick. Oh, go ahead. There was an appearance by, um, uh, by, uh, oh, uh, Francis nah. Conroy. Francis Conroy, who I love and I want to see more of, and so I would I would act with Francis Conroy. Well, I would act with Kristen Dunst. Uh, I've loved her ever since Dick, and I have you not seen Dick? I have not seen Dick. Oh, it's fantastic! But, I mean, I I've appreciated Kristen Dunst ever since the uh, the interview with the vampire. So okay, should we probably start calling her Kirsten? By the way, because that is her name. Oh, is it Kirsten Dunst? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I will say I did not like Kirsten Dunst in Spider Man uh, in oh. that trilogy at all. Okay. I thought she was miscast as Mary Jane, but uh, that's beside the point. Too pretty, too good an actress, too funny. No, 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 no. I won't say why, because okay. uh, I don't want to. I don't want to make enemies in Hollywood. All right. So, um, <laughs> all right. Well, so you were going to say something before I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Uh, I think I was just going to say let's talk about next week. Next week is episode twenty. It's another very special episode. Very special episode. Yeah. Uh, so the, what what we what we've decided to do, as per tradition. <laughs> <laughs> is that on our decadal episodes, which is every ten episodes, we will uh, we will do a, a, we will each assign the other something that we haven't seen. Yes. So neither of us will have seen the movie or heard the music, um, but it's maybe something that we thought we should see and haven't gotten around to. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so that's the way we're approaching this. So do you have do you have something? I out? do have an album. Yeah. I struggled a little bit to find because I want to find albums that like I'm pretty sure I'm gonna like, but that I've you know that I've never listened to for one reason or another, okay. uh, and that that could be a little bit tough because you know you 
you listen to things or watch things that you that you think you're going to like. Uh, but I remembered, so I posted recently on Facebook about how there's only, there's two unplugged albums. There's Eric Clapton and Nirvana, and then there's all of the rest of them. Uh, <laughs> okay. E- Eric Clapton, because it is now the biggest selling live album of all time. Wow, really? Yep. I remember that album being a yeah. big deal. Yeah, it was a big deal. And is then that Nir- where the slow version of Layla came from? That's where the slow version of Layla comes from. It's where the Tears from Heaven comes from. Wow. Because yep. yeah. that is the only version of Layla that I like. I don't like, I guess, the original version. Sure, sure. Um, the Derek and the Dominoes. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But anyways, and then uh, Nirvana, because they were, uh, you know, this sloppy grunge band that, of course, did a, a very, very successful uh, acoustic concert only months before Kurt Cobain's death, and it very much sort of redefined the band for a, for a lot of people. Wow. Um, Are we listening to Nirvana? So, no. Oh, you've I've, already obviously listened I've to I've obviously okay, already listened to that. I have However, not, if you ever wanted to, when if you I ever posted, thought that, that was appropriate for me. When I posted that status on Facebook, a bunch of my friends jumped up my back about the Alice in Chains Unplugged. Many of them said it was even better than the Nirvana Unplugged and that I should check it out. I've never heard it. Uh, so oh, Alice in Chains I'm a big is, fan of Alice in Chains, though. So I've, You're uh... not. You don't <laughs> even know who it is. I've Al- heard of it. Okay. <laughs> I've heard of it. A- them. But here, here's an example, though. The I've heard of her. Probably not Alice, is it? <laughs> I've heard of her. She's tied up right now. Um, no, they they are a grunge band from the '90s. There, there's no one in the band named Alice. See, uh, this is the lead singer of Alice in Chains this at was the my time. And machine problem was a man named Lane Staley, who, uh, like a lot of 90s grunge singers, struggled with heroin addiction and eventually succumbed to it. But oh. in 1996, they released this apparently fantastic album, Alice in Chains Unplugged, and it is your assignment for next week. The playlist is already up. Ooh, okay, wow. So I, um, that's great. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, um, uh, yeah, Do you, have you listened to any Alice in Chains? So I do know that they have a bunch of big hits, uh, uh-huh. and I, I've heard those, right, but not the unplugged versions, and I have never listened to a full Alice in Chains okay. album, so I don't know Great. any of their deep cuts or anything. I, usually, uh, unplugged is like big hits, deep cuts, and covers, so okay. this should be a nice variety. Interesting. I'm looking forward to it. So I was thinking about giving you, um, especially given our conversation just now, I was thinking about giving you Coda, which is the movie that uh, beat Power of the Dog at the um, at the Oscars last year, I guess. Um, but it does require an Apple TV Plus subscription. And though I am going to re-up my Apple TV Plus subscription at some point because I need to watch Ted Lasso... And I also my show that I record that I taped is going to come out sometime this year. Oh, nice! Um, I'm going to wait till then to to re up it. So I want to give you something else. And here's the thing: I don't know that this movie is going to be anywhere anyway, so we <laughs> might have to rent it anyway. But uh, because we both loved everything, everywhere, all at once so much, sure. I would like to watch the uh, the previous movie from those directors called Swiss Army Man. Okay. And Swiss Army Man, as uh, as I understand it, is a movie about a guy uh, who is shipwrecked on a desert island. And um, I think it's Paul Dano who is this uh, actor. And uh, he, is, he finds a body, and the body is played by um, Daniel uh, <laughs> Radcliffe. That is that is a hell of a sentence. The body is played by <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe, uh, by Harry Potter himself, and um, and that's about all I know. Uh, that's all I need to know. I absolutely love what Daniel Radcliffe has been doing with his career. I'm a big yeah. fan of Miracle Workers. If you've not seen that I show, I haven't, but a friend of mine was in it, so yeah, I do want to watch it. And I, it's super I, good. Each season yeah. is different. They like reboot it with the same realize. characters. Yeah, they reboot it with the same. It's characters like an anthology series. So I mean, sort of. It's it's like 
it's like an anthology series if each season was but an each episode. season isn't yeah. it yeah each yeah. season kind yeah. of reboots and uses the same actors as different characters and stuff like that so yeah uh, yeah no it's I'm really enjoyable but anyway so i i love daniel radcliffe i think he's fantastic uh i obviously loved everything everywhere all at once i think that's fantastic so i'm looking forward to this yeah, me too. This was one of the. This is one of Daniel Radcliffe's uh, first handful of movies that he did after Harry Potter, uh, and he did. Um... Uh, he did a couple. He did something called What If, but I, I the horror film he did called uh, The Woman in Black, which I really liked as a horror film, um, and it was legit scary. He did Victor Frankenstein, which I didn't love all that much, uh, but then you know this was pretty much uh, came on top of that. So I wanted to. Um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what he was what he was up to being weird. Yeah. With the Daniels. Yeah. Future he's... Oscar winners, the Daniels. I'm a big fan of people who use their financial independence to just do whatever the heck they want. And that appears yeah, to be Daniel cool Radcliffe's art. MO. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Me too. Me too. So I'm looking forward to it. All right. So I'm gonna give We've got you got a weekend in for us. We got a weekend yeah, so... in store for us. So I am going to let the listeners and you know, so after the taping for episode 20, we're going to be off for three weeks. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know it was three weeks. Yeah, well, I told you that, but you might but not have read the message calendar. closely. You didn't say yeah. it was off for three weeks. You just said, I have off this time and this time. Yeah. And how was I, I supposed to put all that together into three consecutive right. weeks of... Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but I did maybe want to give you your assignment for then in a very tentative way, because I don't want to force you to listen to this all at once. I'm going to give you Panko Stankhole for episode 21. Oh. Outhouse. So okay. now that now that it's available on the streaming services, uh, okay. I'm, I'm going to give you that. But make sure you listen to Alice in Chains Unplugged this week. First. Uh, yeah, and I, but I'm just giving you a heads up that that's going to be happening over hiatus. Well, that's a good heads up for our viewers too. That if you want to listen to Penko's Tankhole, which is uh, Matt's album, uh, it's Matt's band, and he's gonna, it's his first yeah. album of the year. Uh, yeah. You can do that now. Is it available on um, on YouTube Music? It's on available on YouTube Music, Spotify, oh, Apple Music, Pandora a bunch of uh, things that aren't even available in the United States all over the world. Yep. Nice. That's so exciting. So, right. and I, and I guess my brother informed me that, uh, Stanko is not S T A N K O. It is S T A N K hole. H O L E. Stank hole. Panko stank hole. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I knew that. I've seen it. No. I've seen it written. So I, Right, but this is a podcast, and our listeners haven't seen it written. So. Oh, oh, so for our <laughs> listeners, yes. Oh, that's a good... Uh, that's a, yeah, okay, great. That's good. Um, so, listeners, uh, this one's to you. If you would like to tell us how your opinions lay on the movies and music we talked about today, uh, let us know. Find us on Facebook at Exposing Ourselves, or email us at ExposingOurselvesPodcast at gmail.com, and let us know, did you like The Power of the Dog better than we did? Did you, uh, did you listen to Betty Davis and uh, really like it? Or did you agree with me and Matt in our <laughs> more critical view? Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, let us know. So awesome. hey, Matt. Yeah? Thank you for exposing yourself to me. Thank you for exposing yourself to me, Travis. Have a lovely week. You too. All right. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>